Hello and welcome to our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. We take this half hour uh, to take time to come together in Jesus' name, to recognise his goodness and love for each one of us, and to know of the rich promises that we have in him. Uh, this evening we're going to listen to a recording uh, of our evening service last Sunday, in which uh, I was speaking uh, from Psalm 16. So, as we come together, let me read these words firstly from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. These words from the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Philippi, recognising that as we look to honour and follow God, he will direct and guide our paths, that we may know true and lasting peace in his name. With this in mind, let us come to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come together in your name. Lord, to know of the promises that we have in you. To know, Lord, of your goodness and love to each one of us. And to recognise that in you, Heavenly Father, we may know true and lasting guidance in all that we may do. That through a world, Lord, that is uncertain, through a time, Lord, that is always changeable, Lord, you are the one who brings peace and you will guide and direct throughout. And we thank you for this. We thank you for your promises to each one of us, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' loving name. And we pray now as we take time in your word that we may know of you directing and guiding in all that we may do. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Now before we come uh, to listen uh, to the message from Sunday evening, we're going to listen to our first item of praise entitled Keen Forevermore.
the curse of sin and centuries did pierce the lowly prince of peace lifted high the sinless man crucified the spotless lamb buried by the sons of man rescued by the father's hand to reign as king forever Psalm 16. Let's hear the word of God. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. As for the saints here in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. May God bless this is reading reading of his word. Well, let us uh, come to God's word and please turn with me uh, to our scripture reading from Psalm 16. As you do that, let's come to God in prayer. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we approach your word, that we have uh, that acknowledgement that you are the one who will speak to us through it, that these are your words for our lives, that as we take them in, 
Lord, we may know true and lasting beauty in life. That we may know, Lord, of what it means uh, to speak and to come to you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word and for the way, Lord, that it can direct our lives. Direct our lives to the place of blessing, to the place of rest and goodness. Lord, be with us this evening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a world full of drama. You only have to go on to maybe one of those uh, streaming channels and you see that probably the biggest category that you would find is drama. Or maybe the films, is the, the biggest selling films is thrillers. We live in a world where we want action. We want to see things happen. And in a way, we can become consumed by that, can't we? We always want to be doing things, be on the move, being uh, up to something, so to speak. I wonder what you think about the title that I've given tonight in this psalm, A Sheltered Life. What comes to your mind? Is it the uh, 20-something-old male who's been living at home all his life? His mum's done all his cooking and ironing, and he really doesn't know anything about a washing machine or a cooker? Is that what you think when you think of the sheltered life? Because the psalm and the Bible here puts a sheltered life as something that is very positive. It doesn't mean the writer of the psalm, David, had few troubles. But in Psalm 16, there isn't quite an on-air emergency as in other psalms that David has been. It's a restful psalm. And the, the brilliant line that I got from one of the commentaries says this, David here ponders what anchors him rather than what alarms him. David in the psalm is pondering what anchors him in life rather than what alarms him. I wonder this evening as you think about your lives, how much time's consumed in what alarms us rather than what anchors us. How much of our lives are consumed about what we see is happening next or what we're worried about rather than pondering on what anchors us in our lives. Do you know, rest is a wonderful word, isn't it? And sometimes you think we just want to turn everything off and we can just relax. But it, it sounds strange, but in order to get rest, we have to work for it. Our Lord worked six days in order to rest the seventh. And as we take in what the psalm is saying to us, it, it gives us an opportunity to work to that rest. There's three C's that we see in this psalm that David is taking in and what angers him. The commitments that he has in life, the contentment that he has, and also the confidence that he has in life too. And we'll see that through the psalm. The psalm splits very neatly into three different sections. Verses 1 to 4, verses 5 to 7, and then verses 8 to 11 as well. Firstly, in verses 1 to 4, David tells us that the sheltered life consists of commitments. It begins with a commitment to yield to submission to the Lord as 
his supreme good in verse 2. David seems to mean that he has no real good apart from the Lord. Another way of translating verse 2 is David saying, You are all the good that I need. Again, in the commentary I was reading, it says one might call this a total commitment package, not only devotion, but also in delight. David begins uh, with uh, the sense of a basic commitment, confessing his submission to God and confessing his sufficiency of God. This commitment leads then to another. In verse 3, it spills over to a commitment to find satisfaction in the people of God. Verse 3 uh, is the proper uh, um, connection to verse 2. The psalm assumes that if you delight in God, then you will also delight in his people. Think of Paul passing statement to the Corinthian church. Sorry, to the, to the Colossae church, I should say, in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 4, where he says, We have heard, he says, of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. Faith in Christ, love for saints, the vertical and the horizontal that always go together. Faith in Christ simply spills over into love, care, and esteem for his people. Have a look around. Do you see the saints sitting beside you? I wonder if you've ever seen yourself as a saint. That's what the psalmist is calling us and recognizing that we probably don't always act saintly. But we have a commitment, don't we? to one another as we come to meet together, as we recognize we are one in Christ. We recognize that because we love God, we love one another as we are. A quick read of the New Testament letters easily supports this, this thing, that it knows that the saints don't always act saintly. It's true that folks can sometimes infuriate, aggravate, frustrate one another. But it's a bit like the one's own children. We have problems. We have issues in our lives. We come off with things in which 10 minutes later we regret but we wouldn't trade one another for anything because those are who they are. And so with this psalm, it wouldn't let you off the hook. If the Lord is your Lord, you will prize his people also. Otherwise, something is really wrong. And there's another, well, reverse commitment in this psalm as well. Because if you look at verse 4, there's a commitment not to practice uh, the godliness and paganism that he sees around the world. A commitment to the Lord in verse 2 and his people in verse 3. 
but to turn away from what is not of the Lord also. It requires an exclusive commitment to the Lord and his people. Of course, if you do this in our day or do this then thinkable, then we turn our back on things that we know are not of God as well. The properly sheltered life begins in a commitment that finds its good solely in the Lord, that clings gladly to the Lord's people, and it intentionally turns away from all other forms of false worship. That is how you dig yourself in. That's where we plant ourselves in life. This commitment to the Lord and his people. A commitment to turn away from things we recognize are not of him. But then turning to the middle part of the psalm, in verses 5 to 7, we meet a second mark of the sheltered life. The contentment. The contentment flows from a satisfaction David finds in the Lord and from the direction he receives from him. It's as if he says, the Lord himself is my food and my drink. He is the one who sustains and refreshes me. Here in a text, the Christian can take, to, here is a text that we as Christian people can take to the communion table. He is the one who sustains and refreshes me. David uses these terms gratefully in acknowledgement of the Lord's providence in ordering, marking out, and settling the circumstances of his life. In spite of the many dangers, toils, and snares that David faces, he recognizes that the God has ordered his life. Just look at verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. This was a man who most of his family turned his back on him, who a keen pursued him for a great part of his young life. He went out to battle when he became the king of the Lord's people. But here he recognizes the Lord's providence in it all. And he gives thanks to the Lord for it. David's commitment also comes from the direction he receives from the Lord. How does the Lord uh, give counsel? How does the Lord direct? It's through his word. Verse 7 shows us this process. The Lord gives counsel through his word, and the believer takes that word and ponders and chews on it during the night and finds that it becomes instruction and warning for them. David is not simply describing his contentment here. He is rather praising the Lord for his gift of contentment. Verses 5 to 7 are the language of delight and acknowledgement and praise. The Lord himself satisfies him and also graciously orders his affairs and provides all the direction he needs. The Lord is to be blessed for this. Those verses in 5 to 7, I wonder how it would value us in life just to take those and just to mull over them day by day. 
recognizing what God has done for us. Thirdly, in the sheltered life, it consists of confidence in verses 8 to 11. A confidence that even stares death in the face and feels secure. David expresses his confidence in a general way in verse 8 as he speaks of his own resolution and of God's position. But David not only speaks of his resolution but of God's nearness to him. Just look at the second half of verse 8. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So we have this general expression of confidence. As if David says, I come near to God and God is near to me. So I will never be shaken. Then verses 9, 11, unpack more detail what is involved in that expression, never to be shaken. These verses spell out uh, what it means in the long term. David is confident, even his physical perseverance. He appears convinced that though he may go to Sheol, he will not be forever abandoned there. The New Testament uh, preachers, Peter and Paul, says that the psalm is not merely about David. They quote Psalm 16 as as speaking of the resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus, in Acts 2. God's favored one will not see decay. If he triumphs over death, then of course all of God's people can have assurance of the victory in face of death. And that victory even reaches to our flesh. For God will not abandon us to show, but will bring us along with Jesus in the resurrection. This passage says that those sharing David's faith, because the Lord is at your right hand, you will never be shaken. And that means never shaken by death, because the Lord's favored one has conquered it. We recognize the temporariness of this world. But the sheltered life knows there is something greater to come. The sheltered life knows that when the things do not happen in this world the way we want them to, we have a confidence in the God who looks to direct and guide us. The God who will be with us and not abandon us. There um, was a story of an American president, J.F.A. Kennedy, uh, when he was putting his board together, or his board, that's probably not the right way of putting it, he put a vice president on called Leyden Johnson as his running mate. And there was many in the Kennedy network who were not lovers of this man. But John Kennedy... uh, went to one of his aides and says, I'm 43 years old. I'm not going to die in office. So the vice president doesn't really mean anything. And of course, we recognize what happened to that young president. And just in those words, there is a presumptuousness, there's a pitiful sort of hope. I'll live uh, for much longer. Far better to have a confidence 
and a risen Savior who has already tackled that trauma of earthly death. A sheltered life then is not a shameful but a marvelous matter. If your life is sheltered in the Lord, your portion in life and your deliverer in death. It might seem boring to the outside world who hunger for action, who hunger for drama. But here is something for God's people to really hunger. A sheltered life where we know where our refuge lies throughout all that we may face. We recognize the commitments that we take in it. We recognize the contentment that we have in our God and the confidence in him to bring us through. Let us come to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we read through these words and recognize so often, Lord, uh, that we can skip over them so quickly, not taking real meaning out of them. Knowing, Lord, that in this world which seems so fast and chaotic, that we can miss so much of your promises and goodness. And so, Lord, we pray, help us, Lord, to commit to the things of you, to know that contentment that you long to give to us, and to show us the confidence, Lord, that we may have in life, not in our own abilities, but in your goodness and your love to each one of us. Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen.
that last item of praise titled strength will rise we come together and uh, as we always do at the end of our podcast and we want to bring uh, our prayers to god for others so let's do that now as we come to the god who brings peace as the one who will anchor us in life and all that we may do let us come to god in prayer Heavenly Father, we thank you that you, Lord, are the one who we may find real and lasting hope in. And Lord, we come before you in these days, lifting up before you those who we know are going through difficulties, those who are facing hardships, those, Lord, uh, who do not know what way to turn. We ask, Lord, that they may know of your guidance and hope through all that they do. Lord, we bring before you countries that are in conflict at this time. We pray, Lord, for the people, Lord, who have been put out of their homes, who are facing just a great upheaval in life. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that they may know of your promises, that they may hold on, Lord, to what is true in you, that they may know those uh, certainty of Jesus working in their lives. And Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we want to also pray, Lord, for our own country through these days as well. We pray for peace. We pray, Lord, uh, for strong leadership. And Lord, we pray uh, that the hungry, the vulnerable, those who are in deepest need, Lord, may know of your hand upon them, that we may uh, look uh, to help uh, and uh, to Uh, Look out for those, Lord, who are weak in our society. Help them know, Lord, of what it means to seek and to follow you. Help us, Heavenly Father, always to hold out the hand of Jesus to others. And Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we also recognise many dealing with great uncertainty in life. Lord, we want to pray for those who are experiencing ill health at this time. Asking, Lord, that they may know of your hand upon them in all they do. We pray, Lord, for those who are facing great uncertainty in these days. Asking, Lord, that they may know of you guiding and directing them. And Lord, we want to pray, Lord, for those uh, who are frustrated and anxious about the road ahead. And Lord, we ask that they may have that great awareness of what it means to trust in you, to seek and to follow you in all that they do. Heavenly Father, we come before you knowing that all goodness comes from you. Lord, that we may know deep contentment in your name and that we may have a confidence in what it means to seek and to follow you. And we ask these things now. In Jesus' loving name, amen. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. May you know God's rich blessing through these days ahead. And let us close together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.